from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports. Com. I am Mike Casaza here to share a quick listen with you about more spring football at West Virginia. Welcoming in Chris Anderson, Chris, Neil Brown early today. In fact, he had to, to run some clock. By today, of course, I mean Tuesday when things started. We're talking to people here on Wednesday morning, but got there early, sat down, said he was trying to throw us off by being ahead of schedule. Ran the clock a little bit, handed it off. Small talk with reporters. They go live at. 11.45 in the morning, he's there for about, no, almost 30 minutes, which is not unusual, but when you think about he spoke to us on March 3rd and what has and hasn't happened since then, um, not much has happened. He had plenty to say. The things that have happened, he did not have much to say about. Most notably, Nick Troy Fortune. That was a very, very short response from him. Um, but I think we can pull out a couple of important things from one news conference from one person after one day of practice he was not willing or able to say some things about notable players, most high profile being newcomers, of course, and quarterbacks because they're just in the infant stages of this competition. Nevertheless, I think we can scrap together a number of stories about this before and until the next time we talk to him. And certainly we can fill some airtime here with what we're going to say is the big takeaway for us from the first day of spring football with the Mountaineers. Initial thoughts from you, Chris. I thought it was a pretty straightforward press conference. Uh, I think he he kind of, as you noted, uh, nipped a couple things in the butt. Like, I'm not going to talk about quarterbacks, not going to talk about a couple of the departures. Um, don't know what's happening here. You guys, and I think at one point, even with the quarterbacks, he said, you guys are going to ask me a bunch of questions, and I'm going to say tell you the same thing every time, and we're not going to have an answer till the end of spring. Um, so it is what it is. And, and again, it's the first day of practice. What is there to tell you at this point? Um, they went out there uh, in what shoulder pads, and that was it, or just a helmet, just um, helmets, and and just ran around and, and kind of learning things. So not so much that they can tell you right now. He did give standouts from day one. We got that up on the site, but there were a couple other things that stuck out in my mind. One in particular, you got one too. Is that right? I have a good one. I think it's a good one. We'll let the audience judge, but I think it's a good one. Okay, well, we'll we'll save. Since yours is a good one, we'll save it as the closer, and, oh. and I'll just jump in front of you and go first. How's that sound? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not going to steal one another's thunder on this one, so we we should have a good separation here. So, uh, yeah, I guess I hate to say save the best for last, but uh, I certainly bring up the rear here. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll stick. I'll stick with my forte here, and and this kind of ties into recruiting. One of the things that really stuck out to me, and actually, you really want to go to the recruiting. The, he had a couple comments about transfers. We won't go off on that. Nothing too enlightening. Said they're still going to play it by ear. But what stood out to me, sorry to get sidetracked, is his conversation about speed and how he felt like his team, he was lacking team speed. He mentioned several positions on the field, just talking about, just in general, the, them not being fast enough to make plays, to stop plays. And they wanted to change that. The co- they, being the coaching staff, wanted to change that. And how could they? And my first thought was, well, this is the first time I've heard of this. I don't really recall them saying in the past or as it was happening that that they were slow. And But here's the thing. Just because they didn't say it publicly doesn't mean they weren't thinking it. 
and doesn't mean they weren't trying to amend it. Because immediately my thoughts went to, well, are they are they trying to fix this? Let's go back and look at some of these classes. And I went back and looked, and you look at some of the guys that they've brought in, some of the guys that are going to ma- are making an early impact, are going to make an uh, an early impact, and it's speed. Uh, you know, go go back a couple classes. Davis Mellinger was a, a like one of the top track guys in the state of Florida. Uh, that's not easy to do. Jacoby Spells in this class, cornerback, one of the fastest guys in the entire country. That 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 is also a, a very good football player. If you want speed, those are two of the guys that you really need to be focusing on for speed. A couple of the junior college receivers they got, speed, speed, speed. Go to Justin Johnson, running back that they brought in two years ago, speed. Even when you look at other positions that you might not typically think of being fast, tight end this this year, for instance, C.J. Donaldson. He's not your traditional big, bulky tight end. He's fast, very fast. He plays, quote, tight end, but really he plays wide receiver in high school. He's a track star. So when you look at the classes, these last couple of classes that they brought in and the players that they've targeted, it looks like they are trying to fix a team speed problem this just happens to be the first time that Neil Brown, I feel like, has said it publicly. Interesting, the focus was on the defensive backfield, and in particular, the safety spots. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure we ever had to put a stopwatch to Alonzo Adai and Sean Mahone and, and get a read on whether or not they were fast or how fast they were. But you could tell pursuit sometimes was an issue. And then when you see guys like Tyquan Thornton catches a slant and just zip through and away from him, you understand that that back end has to – it has to have some rapidity to it, and pursuit is going to be really important. Of course, Thornton runs like a 4-2 in the 40 at the combine, and then you say, all right, maybe it's not that bad. But Jordan Leslie has said that they need people who can erase mistakes, and it might not necessarily be your cat or your free safety who makes a mistake. Maybe it's a corner. Maybe it's a Mike linebacker. Maybe it's somebody in front of them, but they have to have the ability to get from point A to point uh-oh and erase the mistake, and if you can do that at safety, you're in a really good spot. Good observation. Do you think the plan works or do you think that it's going to take some seasoning? Well, I don't think speed takes time. If you're fast, you're fast. I I do think there will be some rough points maybe this first year or two because they obviously have to learn the system. They have to, you know, adjust to the – this is a different type of speed, but the speed of the college game, Um, how guys move, how quickly the game goes, how good everybody is. And Neil Brown said some of the first-year guys were struggling with that even on day one with no pads. So – um, that's some adjustment, but speed, speed is speed, Mike, speed is speed. And I think they'll be fast enough. And I think it could help right away. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over guys. All stars Four is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It's a great point because they have an immediate need in those spots too. And if they can get those guys in the field and they can play fast, that's going to help. I mean, they can figure it out as they go along. Guys learn more. Never mind between the first and second game, but, you know, first half of the season, second half of the season, if they can progress fast and also run fast, they're going to be okay. Uh, I'm going to borrow a little bit from you, Chris. Your okay. your point is so good that <laughs> it's inevitable that I borrow from a little bit. But I wrote about this after the news conference on Tuesday, and this is going to be 
uh, maybe it'll be a brief bit about it, but kind of a more intense focus on the point I think Neil Brown made. A lot has happened to the team in the offseason. And it's not just transactions about players leaving and then you know graduation or transfers creating soft spots in the roster, but Neil Brown has called it a crisis. They tried to overhaul the offense. I think they're going to simplify but also diversify the defense. These are these are tasks that will consume a lot of your spring. And if you're not careful, 15 of them get gobbled up by you know trial and error, experimentation and evaluation. And then maybe you don't get a whole lot of things accomplished. And if you're in year four, going into year four, you really want to be productive and have more answers than questions by the time you get out of it. So you just wonder, huh, are they so burdened by the offseason that the spring becomes something it has to be instead of what it should be. And what I mean by that is they're they're kind of trying to plug holes. They're trying to answer problems that didn't have to happen if things were in a better situation. Guys don't transfer. Um, you know, this depth chart position isn't quite as, as vulnerable or as weak as it could be, so on and so forth. But the way Neil Brown has explained it has, has kind of converted me to this a little bit. Yes, they lost transfers at receiver. Guess what? Receiver was not a point of strength on this team. It wasn't. They were going to have to get better at it. And sure, they don't have a lot of numbers, but it's very hard to distribute the ball to guys who are just okay and to get them from just okay to much better. If you're inviting more people into the party, it's kind of hard to have a good time if you're one of the few people there because you're just sharing so much with it. So, yeah, they don't have a lot of receivers right now, but maybe that's good for Sam James and Bryce Ford Wheaton and Reese Smith. So I get that. Yeah, new people in the secondary, but everything you just said makes sense to me. They're fast, and they can be literally quick learners. That helps. Yeah, I need a new middle linebacker, but guess what? Like, middle linebacker was was fine, but linebacker in general needed work. And you could just go up and down the list of if Neil Brown had a to-do list for the spring, subsequent to all the things that happened in the offseason, I wonder if you drew a to-do list next to it what would have to happen even if there hadn't been all the events of the offseason and would one be close enough to the other so yeah transfers graduation offseason stuff that has highlighted certain issues on the team but in the spring they were going to be issues anyways that West Virginia had to address and improve does that make sense to you Chris I think it's something that I've talked myself into maybe I've heard him say it so much but I'm not a Kool-Aid drinker but I'm I'm kind of looking at like I, I could have a sip of that yeah, I think I I first started to I don't want to say fully convert to this this mentality, um, previously like uh, but I when Winston Wright and I'm not trying to pick on Winston Wright but it was when he left there was this sense that this was this was the end this was you know that West Virginia had lost this tremendous playmaker and he had his moments there's no doubt about it I mean everybody remembers the, especially those kickoff returns in the first game and in half of the year, but went back and it was what I think the last five or six games, can't remember which, but it was four catches. He was averaging four catches for 32 yards, 33 yards. Like, you can't replace that. Like, I, again, I'm not trying to, to dog Winston, Wright. I personally believe that he has the talent to do more than that, but he averaged four catches for 33 yards over the second half of the season. He averaged less than 20 yards per kickoff return for the last, what, nine and a half games of the season. Um, and, and you look in the secondary, as you noted, the, the, those were some weak spots in that safety spot. Those two, the, the safety position was supposed to be 
the strongest position on the team last year. They had so much coming back, and they just weren't very good. They they were just not. It all your your eye test said it, the stats t- said it, the scouts say it. It just wasn't very good. Um, and, and so you're replacing some meh production and some bad production, or, or losing it. I think it's possible. I don't. I don't think it's too much of a homer kind of look at things right now. And even if you look at something that's that's harder to accept, and it wasn't a transfer thing, but back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for Letty Brown, I, I don't know what superlative you want to use for him, but let's just say he was a very good player. It stinks not to have him back. But they were using one running back, and they were not very diverse in what they could do with their running backs. Now you got four guys, and Tony Mathis is not like Lynn J. Dixon. Uh, Jalen Anderson is not like Justin Johnson. You have four guys there now who can maybe do some things. We'll see. And then you know, even cornerback, I, I, for example, don't think that they're better without Daryl Porter, Jackie Matthews, and Nick Troy Fortune. I think that's a harder sell for me. But they really want to get Charles Woods on the field. They got Marcus Floyd for a reason. Andrew Wilson-Lamp is just different than everybody they have out there at 6'2", 6'3", and a runner like he is. These are different players, like like competitive, experienced, athletic guys, and you get a chance to get him on the field. So, uh-oh, lost three starting cornerbacks. So three cornerbacks you started. Well, you got guys who may be able to play. Let's get them on the field and see what they can do. And yeah, you need a new cat and new free safety, but these guys may be faster and more athletic and able to cover up some mistakes in front of them. I really think that you could go down and say, this is where they had to get better. And then on the other side of it, say, well, they're going to have to get better because of the off season here. So regular season to-do list impacting the spring is going to be a lot to me like the off season to-do list being impacted by the spring. Agreed, Michael. Agreed. Well, First time for everything. <laughs> Although I did borrow from you, so we did agree a little bit there too, I guess. That, that's why it was such a good answer. And that's why this was such a good episode. We'll cut it here. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza, And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you later.